There's Sean. And this is Bob Snobs. Hey, Sean, are you ready, kid? Aye, <laughs> <laughs> aye, <I>, Captain. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I specifically told Sean I wouldn't say that to catch them off guard. Did it work? It did. <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so. Keeping me on my toes. Yeah, I gotta keep you on your toes, man. So today we watch Fry Cook Games versus Krusty Crushers. First impressions, go. There was a lot, a lot of talk about eating people. Just like... A lot of fetishes, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, like, I know the one that stuck out most to me was the fish sticks. And like, maybe I'm reading too much into that. It wasn't the part where Patrick takes off SpongeBob's shoe? And proceeds to lick his foot. Threw that out of my mind. I'm so sorry I brought it back. It should have stayed out. (laughs) I guess it's just something about rippling shirtless bodies wrestling with each other that really brings out the worst in these guys, or the best, depending on your point of view. (laughs) I'm gonna go worst. I know I like registered that for a moment, like in my brain, (laughs) like, okay, so that's that's somebody's fetish. Mm -hmm. Um And then I was like, but, bye. Yeah, we paired these together because of the wrestling themes, the themes of uh, sporty, manly games. And it was pretty homoerotic, Mm -hmm. like, throughout the whole thing, basically. Especially with uh, Fry Cook Games ending with them, like, walking away hand in hand and then, like, hanging on to each other's, like, you know, arms wrapped around each other. That was good. mm, That's pretty... I mean, compared to the foot licking we just witnessed, that was a relief. Mild. It was very mild. <laughs> okay. It it wasn't... I mean, it was sexual. I was going to say it's not sexual, but they're literally in their underwear and hugging each other. So it's kind of... Yeah. 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 All right. Do you want to get into it? Yeah. How do we start? We start in media res. Dude with the torch. Well, no. First, we start off with like this really weird 3D circle around the whole yeah. building. It's like mixed media animation. Like, mostly it's 2D, but this was like, let's experiment with some 3D animation. <laughs> but just for the background artifacts. Also, they break the fourth wall a little bit where the, the fish head announcer is like, and I'm a realistic fish head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's announcing the... He's like the commentator. You know, you everyone knows the realistic fish head. I don't think I, we need to describe it. But that sort of begs the question, do they all know that they're unrealistic? They know they're cartoons. They know. They know. It's kind of horrifying. It's, it's just the world they have to deal with, that they're cartoons. And they live mm-hmm. in this colorful world underneath this random island in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Just living their life. Yeah, I wonder how this announcer guy, like, gets by day to day. You know what I mean? Like, he's just, got, he's the only realistic fish head that I am aware of, unless he has, like, a fish mom, realistic fish head mom, realistic fish head dad. I want the lore. <laughs> Create the lore you want to see. <laughs> I will. Where does I'm this realistic go fish head fiction. come from? I'm going to write fan fiction about this realistic fish head, get real deep into the into the weeds. 
I mean, there's fan fiction about pretty much everything I found out. There's That's true. I you found out there's fan fiction about it. the Giving Tree this week. You didn't know? <laughs> you well, didn't I found know? out there is a er- erotic fan fiction about the Giving Tree, and I'm uncomfortable. You didn't know? I didn't know. <laughs> well, now you know. Yeah, now I know. I can probably find erotic fiction of this specific fish head doing something. I don't know. Reader X fish head. Isn't that a thing? I'm sure. There's usually Reader X something in yep. a, in any genre, any any media. That's true, because we're a bunch of horny motherfuckers on this planet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. What were we even talking about? The stadium, it's literally the first, we got to like the first two seconds of the episode and then got distracted by the fish head meta, mm. <laughs> which, you know, as, as we are want to do. We can't stay on track. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. But the guy with the torch, you know how at the Olympics they have a torch and they light it. That's what they did. Yeah, they they like light it with like a Bic lighter just off screen and then he runs in there. They run in mm-hmm. there and then light the... Is it the Everlasting Flame? I super don't know. I know nothing about sports. I don't either. Cool. We're really qualified to do these episodes. <laughs> we really are. Trust us. So it we find out about all these other fry cooks from different restaurants that come in to compete and how Plankton mm-hmm. and Mr. Krabs are like the biggest competitors and there's... It's a natural rivalry, right? They're rivals in all things. Oh, yeah. And apparently also Olympic sports. Mm -hmm. And like, for a minute, I was sort of curious about what these other, where these other fry cooks were coming from and like what restaurants they were representing. Yeah, we never really get into that, do we? Yeah, no, they don't even come up. Like, it's just Patrick and Spongebob. Maybe they don't even bother applying. They're like, oh, man, we're just going to get our asses handed to us. Yeah. (laughs) Crabs and plankton. Just an inferior um, fry cook compared to the Krusty Krabs fry cook. Yo, imagine, imagine like the World Cup, but every single year it's won by what either one of two teams, right? Mm-hmm. That would be boring as hell. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that would get pretty boring pretty fast. So SpongeBob sitting there training. Mr. Krabs explains to him how this is probably the greatest day of his life, or Spongebob explains to Mr. Krabs how it's the greatest day of his life? Yeah, I think that's how it went. Because Spongebob finally gets to represent the Krusty Krab in the Fry Cook games. And it's just the greatest day of his life that he gets to go on to the the Olympics of the Fry Cook games. Mm-hmm. And he's like doing push-ups and working out, getting buff. Um, at one point, uh, Mr. Krabs is like, check out my competitor, and he does a bunch of cool moves, and then he giggles at the end like a schoolgirl. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And this is when Patrick approaches him, seeing him do push-ups, and as though the concept is completely foreign to him, he says, are you trying to move the ground? Which, if you don't know what push-ups are, I guess that's a fair assumption. Yeah, I mean, I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And then Patrick just, like, rips the ground like the the sod up from underneath 
SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it looks like what do you call it? Surf turf? No, that's like astroturf. Astroturf. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's how much I know about both cooking and sports. And um, Patrick talks about how he wants to be part of the Fry Cook games. Mm-hmm. And SpongeBob's like, well, you can't because it's only real Fry Cooks, you know, and you're not a Fry Cook. You have to be, you know, Ooh, yeah. s- special. And Patrick gets into it and he's like, well, how hard could it be? I could be a Fry Cook. SpongeBob is livid. They're making, he's making fun of his profession. There's like a rock sitting on the ground <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and Patrick kicks it over with his foot and he goes, Tss. Yeah, because Spongebob's like, flipping is not as easy as it sounds. <laughs> and it was the hardest, it was the sickest burn I've ever seen in my entire life. It made me like, I feel like I saw that in, as a kid and I was like, I lost my fucking mind. Yeah, that was... <laughs> I don't think I appreciated it as much as a kid as I did as an adult. Mm-hmm. So obviously the natural thing to happen next is that Plankton enlists uh, Patrick as his own champion. Uh, but they introduce, uh, you know how they, they introduce him with the big guy. Oh, well, if you haven't left, then it's already too late. Like, they're going to yeah. die. It's like thunderous footsteps, like, my new competitor is on the back of this huge guy, which is... I don't know. It's just really random. Carrying him like those things you carry a baby in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's that early 2000s random humor. Mm-hmm. Raffle. I like waffles. Rar means I love you. Rar means I love you. I've made you a cookie, but I eated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, which... I sort of wonder, if he hadn't found Patrick, who was going to compete for the chum bucket? Was he going to go up against Plankton? Because, like, Plankton is an award-winning competitor. I figured I figured they both had to retire because they were too old. Like, that's what I figured. Because I don't know why else they would stop competing. So who is taking over for Plankton? I mean, Patrick, maybe it was his plan from the start. <laughs> we don't really see the process of choosing a competitor. He just walks up to Plankton. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, I need a job. I need yeah. to be a fry cook. <laughs> like, you look, I can only assume that he's the first guy to walk up to Plankton and say, hey, I want to compete. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think there was a real vetting process. Absolutely not. No. Oh, also, when Patrick says that he became a fry cook, he lifts up... Wait, was he wearing a shirt, actually? He was wearing a shirt, but then he lifts up the, the like... Because he doesn't normally wear a shirt. tank top that he was wearing to show yeah. that his name badge is stitched into his skin. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't pa- put it past Plankton. He's a really possessive guy, but that's... <laughs> that's a little you bit know. overkill. Mm-hmm. I assume after this episode is done, he quits, because we never see him, like, actually being a fry cook at the chum bucket. That would be absurd. Yeah, so he has to rip all those seams out of his skin. Mm Mm-hmm. Unless those are, like, medical stitches, and then I suppose they'll dissolve, but... Is that how that works? Yeah, medical stitches, at least the ones I had, they just, like, dissolved. 
and then I thought they had to like manually remove them. I mean, maybe certain stitches do. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not a no, doctor. No, I don't know. I've never had to get stitches. Couldn't tell you. But then it goes on to the actual games. Oh no! There's like a period before that actually where they're like poisoning them against each other. It's really good. Oh He's yeah. He's like, look at him, square. The shape of evil, <laughs> which I really enjoyed. Yeah, that was good. Just talking about like how they were never friends and how he's yeah. just like out to betray just sad. you. Because even Mr. Krabs, who were supposed to be on his side, I mean, to an extent, <laughs> we're mm-hmm. supposed to be on his side. And he's like, look at him. He thinks you're pathetic or what? I don't know the exact thing. Do you remember the exact thing? I don't. But he would definitely called Square the Shape of Evil. That was very funny. Yeah, he did. Because he made the, like, the things when you're, like, taking a picture with your fingers. Mm-hmm. Square. He made that shape yeah. around SpongeBob. Yeah. Oh, and then they do their warrior screams after their pep talks. And the guy, the big guy who carried Patrick on his back also screamed. I thought that was cute. He just wanted mm-hmm. to be included. And he does make an appearance in the next, uh, in Krabby Crushes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was briefly in the background as a generic tough guy. I think he got killed immediately, though. (laughs) Oh, yeah, he got trashed. (laughs) Yeah, anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves a little bit. After this, like, pump-up scene, then it jumps to where the food-related... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The food-related trials. Yeah. Which, it didn't, like... I guess it just didn't bother me as a kid, but now looking back on it, like... (laughs) The whole competition of this is to, like, make yourself into food. Kind of, yeah. When you really get down to it. Like, the first one is vaulting over a giant vat of obviously hot oil. And, like, if they fail to pull vault over that, they're dead. The stakes are high. You gotta have stakes. It's it's not testing anything like any of their fry cook abilities is it the stakes are high <laughs> it's the fry cook ability to not get burned in oil i mean and can we also talk about how patrick definitely just murdered a section of the audience i mean if it's involuntary then it's considered manslaughter true or fish slaughter fish slaughter fish slaughter but it's okay because they were recycled <laughs> uh, I'm a little uncomfortable with how ready that um, that salesman was. Oh, he was ready to go, man. Yeah, like that sign. He didn't even have to paint like the words on that sign. He just like flipped a he switch and known. it flipped over. Like he must have known that this this must be a regular occurrence at every Fry Cook Games. The audience gets splashed. Yeah, like and he was ready in the wings. What sort of crazy splash zone is that? That's a murder zone. In case you didn't see the episode. Patrick splashes a portion of the audience with oil, and they become fish sticks pretty instantaneously. Like, realistic-looking fish realistic looking fish sticks. And a guy, like a hot dog salesman or whatever, you know how you have hot, hot dog salesmen, he just has a sign that says, fish sticks, one dollar. Yeah, he flips a switch, and then, like, a heat lamp comes down, and a, mm-hmm. uh, like, billboard pops up that says fish sticks for a dollar, and, like, that just seems too prepared for me. Like, did you know? Did you plan any of this? It's like, like in Sweeney Todd. But It's fish Sweeney Todd. Did he expect to sell? Like, 
fit like these fish sticks to other fish? Are they going to eat the other fish? Maybe he doesn't tell them it's fish. It says right on the sign fish sticks. Okay, maybe they he does tell them. <laughs> maybe. They know and they do not I care. I mean, fish eat other fish all the time. It's not cannibalism if it's a different kind of fish. You know what I mean? Breaded and fried. Yeah. It's just it's just crazy to me. It's upsetting. <laughs> uh, well, that goes without saying. <laughs> okay, this next one sort of presented an interesting angle to the whole episode that I had not yet considered. Um, for the ice cream challenge, Spongebob uh, dips himself in, what was it, chocolate? Chocolate or and then toasted almonds. Right, the toasted almonds. And then... He also stabs two popsicle sticks into his brain. Well, he does that sort of thing all the time. He's a sponge. But what really... <laughs> what really um, made me stop to think was when plankton says the those toasted almonds were unfair they're almost too high brow for this audience show them how the common man does his ice cream patrick so that sort of made me think back to the original argument between them where spongebob says not just anyone can be a fry cook sort of an elitist gatekeeping stance you know what I mean? So Patrick really does in this way represent the common everyday man who doesn't go to a fancy fry cook university. Yeah. <laughs> you know? He's... And he yeah. becomes a simple, um, what was it? A, a strawberry chocolate dip thing. <laughs> yeah, a strawberry, a single scoop strawberry cone with a yeah. chocolate dip. Yeah, the common man's ice cream. I mean, I was also thinking about it from, like, a kid's standpoint. Like, the kid is probably going to go more for, like, the chocolate dip strawberry ice cream cone rather than... The toasted almonds. The toasted no almond likes, fudge bar. No kid bar. likes almonds. I mean, as an adult, you're probably going to go for the toasted almond fudge bar because uh, hell that sounds yeah. real good. I would destroy some toasted almonds, man, but... Ten-year-old me would never go near the thing. I mean, ten-year-old me would crush some toasted almonds, but I was also... <laughs> nah, man. I was not a nut person. I never felt like a nut when I was a wee lad. <laughs> I knew my impending nut allergies. <laughs> I had to enjoy it while I could. <laughs> but, you know, we always do, like, deride Patrick for being an idiot, but... He's just the common guy. He's just living his own life, doing mm -hmm. his own thing. He's unemployed, but he's still trying to make it. He's built his own house, supposedly. He built his own house. He built his own furniture all the time. I know. He just makes it out of sand. He's a sculptor. He's like, not unlike Jesus of Nazareth, the um, carpenter. <laughs> <laughs> That was probably too far, right? Maybe a stretch. Maybe a stretch. Okay. Nonetheless. So that makes the ending a little bit more poignant, that the upper class is able to reconcile with the everyday man. Mm-hmm. And then there's the foot fetish scene. 
Oh. <laughs> so it does it does let go through a couple more challenges, but none of them seem as like it's turning like a quick into montage. food. It's like a quick there's montage. Yeah. You only see like bits and pieces of it from the montage. Like it seems like they're skating with butter and some sort of dance with fruit on their heads. So less explicitly vor. Yeah. <laughs> and then we do get to the wrestling match. Uh, Mr. Krabs and Plankton are just really pumping them up about how much they hate each other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, SpongeBob eats a piece of chain and ends up with braces. And then Patrick squeezes a lemon and rips... No, he rips the lemon in half and then puts the two lemon halves directly onto his eyeballs. I don't know. Maybe that's how he gets pumped. The pain pumps him full of adrenaline (laughs) so patrick's got no eyes and spongebob has no teeth right well actually spongebob's teeth are in the process of realigning (laughs) i have no idea how braces work because i never had to wear one i did it sucks (laughs) it's not worth it parents from watching my sister it seemed like it was a very painful experience this is not incorrect you get used to it but it still hurts. Yeah, I can it's only You get used to it, but only because your gums grow an extra layer of skin to protect you against the actual metal grating against the inside of your mouth. They form a chitin around your... Yes, you get calluses on your gums. Fun. That's awful. Yeah, no kidding. But also just lemon juice in the eyes. Yeah, no, that would be... I don't know which one I would hate more. The lemon juice in the eyes will pass after a couple of hours, but <laughs> the braces are for years. So their yeah. final challenge is what is what do they call it? The patty, the bun, bun wrestling, right? They call it bun mm-hmm. wrestling. Bun yeah, wrestling. they're ba- it's just basically wrestling, but they're on top of a giant hamburger. I don't know. It really has nothing to do with food except for that part. Mm-hmm. So they're yeah they they like strip off. They're like they're wearing like wrestlers robes, you know, how wrestlers wear robes like they just got out of a steam bath <laughs> and they just rip them off of their bodies to reveal just rippling eight packs. They are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's pretty impressive. Yeah, they like they grow a couple feet and then uh-huh. a couple feet in height and in a few feet diameter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they grow every which way. But they're just going at it, you know, tear, like tearing into each other. Yeah, they're really just beating the shit out of each other. And then we get that iconic part where SpongeBob erases the first three letters of Patrick's name tag. So it just says Rick. <laughs> and he screams, my name's not Rick. Yeah, <laughs> that was always so iconic. That's probably the most iconic part of this episode for me. Mm hmm. And I think that leads into the foot licking scene. Yeah, because which that's I how feel we we are going to hit a cap on how many times we can say foot licking you in know, this episode. I'm going to say that's the cap. We just hit it. We already described it in detail, and we can move on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then they're like really just finally going at it, and both their pants rip at the same time mm-hmm. to reveal so that insane. they are wearing pink and yellow underwear oh yeah the whole time the main thing they were 
deriding each other for was the color of their skin. SpongeBob is SpongeBob was just calling Patrick pink, and Patrick was calling SpongeBob yellow, like as an insult, even though that's literally just like what they are. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say it's a metaphor for racism because it definitely was not intended to be, mm-hmm. but it would be ignorant to ignore the implications. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it could be there, but I don't know. I feel like people watching growing up could sort of take away that message if they were really like conscious of like social issues <laughs> but probably most kids were not yeah most kids are not going to be and they decide to stop fighting after they mm-hmm. see the the color of each other's underwear yeah and just take each other's hands and walk finally off. equality it's just Two buff dudes walking into the sunset holding hands. What more could you ask for? Who even knows? And of course, Patrick has to, like, they he have to tack the Yeah. Yeah, they have to, like, tack in that little remark of, you know, these were white when I bought them. I didn't get that when I first watched the episode. My little eight-year-old brain did not understand the implications. <laughs> I don't think I ever heard that until this watch. I remember hearing that line when I was a baby and being like, why did they turn yellow? They were dyed. What happened? (laughs) Did he dye them? (laughs) Yep. He dyed them. He dyed them. (sighs) I was so cute. (laughs) (laughs) So Patrick and Mr. Krabs are furious because no one really wins, but no one really loses either. Mm Mm-hmm. And they're two people who genuinely hate each other. So they were trying to force that on them, I guess. And it just didn't work out because they're BFFs forever. So do we want to talk about the next episode? Well, let's rate this one first. How would you rate it? We'll say... Uh, 7 out of 10 fry cooks. Yeah, I'll go with 6 out of 10 fry cooks. I don't know. It was was just kind of rep... Like, repetitive. Like, Uh they just did a bunch of... I mean, it was cute, and it was creative. But, like, it didn't have a whole lot going for it, Mm -hmm. I guess. I don't know. I didn't laugh too many times, I guess, is the main issue. Yeah. But it was very sweet. So, 6 out of (laughs) 10. The reason why it's a 7 in my mind is because it's one of the episodes I remember. Mm -hmm. Nostalgic value? Yeah. And it's one of those episodes I remember enjoying, even though now watching through it, I don't remember why. So I have to give it that. It was like... your bud? It was your budding vor fetish. It's still <laughs> budding. You don't know it's there yet. <laughs> it's that little seed. <laughs> it's the seed of. I don't know what. I don't know, think I want to know. That little mustard seed that's going to get crushed. Okay. Are you ready for crusty crushers? Sure. Let's do this. Okay. Let's do this. So immediately we start with a downgrade. We don't have the realistic fish head. Instead we have Perch Perkins. Like who is this cartoonish fish man? Well no. Perch Perkins appears a lot in like he later does, episodes. But he's no realistic fish head. I'll that tell you true. what. 
It seems like they start to phase out the realistic fish head. Unfortunate. Anyway, he um, welcomes us, the audience, to this uh, wrestling match, which just seems like your typical WWE fighting setting. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He says the words free for all, and as if summoning a genie, Mr. Krabs appears and says, did someone say free? And he just sort of sniffs around like a bloodhound. Yeah. Meanwhile, Perch Perkins is just sort of looking at him concerned. As if like, what? what is this elderly man doing? And like, Understandable. Can he, can he stop? Can we help him? What is mm-hmm. wrong? Yeah. And then we get a look at the action. We have these two wrestlers who I don't think are ever given names. Do you remember hearing a name? One of them was named Jim. Because Jim. when they... When they uh, put it in the cement, they wrote, Jim was here. Oh, okay. I'm just going to call them both. I'm going to call them Jim 1 and Jim 2, just so I don't have to keep referring to them as the wrestlers. I'll refer to them as the gyms. The gyms. The gyms. Okay, so we see the gyms uh, in action. And right off the bat, we have some a violent display. We see Jim take his competitor and literally rip him in half like well, no. literally he didn't all rip the way his in competitor half. in half he ri- ripped his uh partner in half he ripped the other jim in half yeah and then he was just okay yeah they turned the camera away and then jim was fine oh well in my notes i wrote did he kill that guy but i guess i have my answer maybe instead of them both being called jim we'll call the other one john John. So they know which, Jimmy which John. one we're calling. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy John. Jimmy and John. Okay, cool. So Jimmy rips John in half. <laughs> it's very graphic. Uh, he's just sort of lying in two pieces with a completely stoic expression. And I think that's the part that really was disturbing. The completely, mm-hmm. dis- the completely stoic expression as though he's just not really registering. Like, this doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, it's like... This is par for the course. This is what this, I do for a living. This is my typical <laughs> just like Tuesday me night. At work. <laughs> um, and so uh, Mr. Krabs figures out that the free for all has a prize of one million dollars if you beat Johnny and Jim. So he lines up to beat them, but then he realizes that everyone in line ahead of him is getting completely demolished, and there's like medical people on site, and so he backs off. Which I say is completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Mr. Krabs would definitely die for $1 million. He would die for $10, maybe less. Yeah, because he gets his arm stuck in a drain and like mm-hmm. has to go to the hospital for yeah. several One days. One penny, right? Over a penny. Mm-hmm. And let's not forget his millionth dollar <laughs> where he... Um, is basically Captain Ahab and puts everyone's life at risk, including his own life, so he can get this singular dollar. Well, that makes this episode seem more realistic to me, because he is willing to put the other, the lives of other people at risk over this dollar. That's true, but I'm saying he would also, without any hesitation, die for money. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, to me, that that gets a little bit old. It does. Mr. Like, Krabs' we get it. obsession. Well, I mean, there's more to his character. I really like it when he has a rivalry with Plankton. Because mm-hmm. then it's not just like, 
greed by itself. It's also like motivated greed. Motivated greed. It's like he's got a competitive streak. Like he mm-hmm. needs to be better than another person. When it's motivated by another person, i.e., Plankton, then I can see some stakes in it. But if it's just for his own personal gain, then I don't really care as much, you know? Because mm-hmm. yeah. I already know he has a lot of money. Yeah, I'm I'm sure he's loaded. I don't care because, if he has a little more. I mean, for one, he works SpongeBob off the clock all the time. And I'm sure he'd mm-hmm. work Squidward off the clock, too, if Squidward would allow for it. Of course, and we already know he's a millionaire because he's made his millionth dollar. So I don't really care if he gets a little more money. I have no emotional stakes in that. I care if he beats a bad guy like Plankton. Mm-hmm. If it's like a human or fish rivalry, then mm-hmm. that's something, you know? Like, money in any piece of media is just such a flimsy motivator. Like, we get it. It's money. But it's sort of like an intangible thing that I don't really care about. Yeah. So, uh, because he wants to escape with both the $1 million and his life, he recruits SpongeBob and Patrick uh, to fight this fight for him, which sort of bothered me because... They have no emotional stakes in this. They have as much emotional stake in this as I do, which is none. (laughs) The big thing that bothered me about when they introduced them into the episode is they are blindfolded and on a leash. And he just like... Oh, God. He's like, oh, yeah, I've got a surprise for you. And he just sort of tosses them into the ring right at the wrestlers. And that just got me so angry because it's just like, maybe you don't care, you know, I mean, you want this money so bad, but you're not willing to risk your own life. So instead, you'll just risk your employees' lives who you already... Patrick's not even his employee. <laughs> yeah. You're willing to risk your employee and your employee's friend, Ooh, their if lives. This were, if this were starring SpongeBob and Squidward, I might be more interested because Squidward would have some like competing motivation against Mr. Krabs to get out of this situation. But... Uh, SpongeBob and Patrick just sort of blindly go with it. They're at first they resist. They say we don't want to get completely pulverized by these wrestler dudes. And Mr. Krabs is like, no, it's just wrestling. It's all pretend. And yeah. then they're okay with it. And they seem to just be doing it for fun. It's like, oh yeah, this is all fake. Yeah, yeah. And they get like they get hurt really bad multiple times in increasingly creative ways and it doesn't seem to phase them because it's just pretending which begs the question if i were to shoot someone dead and say it's just pretending (laughs) would they be like oh all right yeah this is fine it's just it's just make-believe it's like no that's still that person's still dead they still uh, have a severe i was about to say illness but you know death is not i guess it's an illness where you're dead (laughs) <laughs> how'd he die he he was killed to death he was killed to death yeah but what also annoyed me is like when spongebob and Pat jumping ahead when spongebob and patrick eventually win like he's probably not even gonna share any of that money he intended to like, like exploit them and then just I mean, you know, that's not really something new. He does that constantly. I know, but for some reason, it, it was just, like, really ticking me off tonight. Yeah. I mean, at least he wasn't framed as, like, a good guy. He got his just desserts in the end, mm-hmm. sort of, but not really. 
Like, this whole episode could have been saved if they played it like actual WWE with the showmanship, the panache, the crazy outfits. They sort of tried to do this, but then they didn't really try, I feel like. Like, they ask for uh, cool outfits, and they get okay outfits. They don't get any outfits. They just get what they were thrown into the ring with. No, because Patrick gets, like, a black leotard with, like, a really, really deep V-neck sort of thing. And I don't even remember what Spongebob wore. It was so not memorable. I think their masks were just the blindfolds that they were wearing that their eyes ripped through when they got originally when they got beat up by the wrestlers yeah Yeah, the wrestlers squeezed them so hard that their eyes sort of poked out of their skulls like a squeezy toy you know what i mean the squeezy toys where the eyes you know what i'm talking about yeah like the green squishy toys and their eyes bulge out when you squeeze them like that and they ripped through the blindfolds and then they became sort of like like superhero masks but not really because they were blindfolds yeah, like, Mr. Mister Krabs is willing to put in, like, so little effort to this. Yeah. As yeah. as little cash as he can put into this, he's going to. Right. So they're wearing these dinky outfits. He comes up with, like, wrestler names just off his tongue, I guess. He calls SpongeBob Short Order Boy and Patrick Pink Patty, and together they're the Krusty Crushers, the name of the episode. Which is fine if they had, like capitalized on that and tried to you know have a bit of showmanship a bit of flair some cool wrestler moves but instead they just got their asses kicked repeatedly which gets boring after the fifth time which one good thing that this episode did do is they didn't bring the they i mean they sort of did but they didn't really bring the ending out of nowhere like they introduced the Mm -hmm. They did. They sort of foreshadowed it. <laughs> they planted it like Chekhov's gun or Chekhov's butt cheeks, I guess. Chekhov's iron butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we see, uh, I forget how it even came up, but Patrick comments on his... Oh, I know how it came up. Um, oh, go on. He's looking at his leotard. Uh, SpongeBob is like, oh, yeah. wow, Patrick, those iron buns uh, workout DVDs are looking are working really great for you. You look great. Your your buns look great in that leotard. Yeah, and then they uh, flash back to Patrick with, like, a workout DVD. And he's got, like, I don't know what it is. It looks like a shake weight, but it's, like, in between his butt cheeks. Those things you, like, you squeeze with your... In your hand to, like, oh, make yeah, your yeah. hands stronger. Only it's between his butt cheeks, and he's squeezing mm-hmm. them with his butt. And then they show that even in his sleep, he unconsciously does the workout. And it's really, it's literally just his ass clapping. Yeah, it was like he's trying to clap with his ass cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that ass do. (laughs) That, apparently. (laughs) Apparently win wrestling matches because it's iron. Yeah. And so they keep losing because they think it's all pretend and they're not really trying. And then um, and then Mr. Krabs says, you still have to try to win in fake wrestling, which is very untrue. I feel like Mr. Krabs has never watched fake wrestling. There's always like a hero and a villain, and there's usually a complicated storyline. And 
it's always predetermined who's going to win. I don't know what fake wrestling you're talking about. Like WWE. I've never seen WWE. Oh, it's great. You gotta check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize there was a storyline to WWE. Yeah, there's storylines. There's, like, villains, and sometimes the villains become good guys or vice versa. And, like, the audience boos the bad guys, and they cheer for the good guys. There's sometimes some racist plots where it's, like, good Farmer Joe is going to take down the <laughs> engines. Oh, no. Yeah, that's pretty bad. I think they've shied away from that. I mean, I hope they've shied away from that. I haven't watched in a while. Is Dwayne The Rock Johnson a part of WWE? He was. That's how he started. Was he, like, a hero or a villain? I'm pretty sure he was a hero. I don't know. What about John Cena? Oh yeah, he's still very WWE. That's what he is. That's why he's famous. He still does WWE. He just also does acting. I still don't know shit about wrestling. I've just seen some bits and pieces of it. But from what I can tell, it's fucking insane. Maybe I should check that out. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, but my favorite part probably of this episode. It almost saved it, but not really, <laughs> is when they put them into the J- J- Johnny and Jim put Spongebob and Patrick into sleeper holds. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was so good. They literally rock them to sleep and like, do they like sing them a song, like a what? bedtime song? No, they do one something of them, like that. Ha- uh, I think it was Jim had mm-hmm. a like, um, mobile with a, uh, loudspeaker playing a lullaby sticking out from his chest that's good because i can't have speaking roles otherwise i'd have to pay an actor oh yeah (laughs) and it was just like spinning around and he gave him like a little stuffed octopus made mr snuffles oh my god (laughs) and then they tucked them into bed and then they were gonna pile drive them yeah yeah that was so good oh and i wanted to say that jimmy and john seemed like really good friends Like, they did everything together. They were very in sync, very coordinated, synchronized. I want to see their relationship (laughs) in more detail. Let's see their relationship off the mat, outside Uh the ring. Yeah. Man. It makes me think that they're what Spongebob and Patrick could have been if they could have, like, right after the Fry Cook games, you know? How they were such good friends, but also insanely buff and powerful. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I just want some openly gay SpongeBob characters. Seriously. I mean, we got pretty close with Rockabye Bivalve, where SpongeBob and Patrick literally raise a child together. That's true. Good stuff, man. Very gay. Mm hmm. Anyway, so SpongeBob and Patrick are asleep in the same bed, by the way. Gay points there. Um, and so Patrick. Because he's been doing the iron bun workout in his sleep, uh, his butts, his butt cheeks turn to iron. Yeah, he's like crouches over SpongeBob. And yeah, like, like in a protective stance almost. Yeah, and like it like rips through his pants, and you can see that his butt cheeks are just solid plates of iron bolted together. Yeah. Into the form of an ass. They pile drive into actual steel. 
And I guess that destroys them. With all the force they were going to put into I mean, they leapt Patrick's in, butt. Patrick like, butt does onto them. Pretty high into the air. And yeah. then back down to like terminal velocity, I guess. I call it like a 30 foot drop. Slamming into steel. Mm-hmm. That'll do it to you. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna that's gonna break like that's gonna hurt. Uh-huh. I mean I don't I don't think humans can Fish. Well, I I'm going based off of how <laughs> how far humans can fall before it starts Not becoming far. terminal. I'm pretty too sure two stories is about our limit. And I think fish yeah. fish bones are weaker than human bones. Into steel that drop is cut in half. Yeah. Head first, even more so. <laughs> mm-hmm. So they're dead, which is good to know. Yeah, they just get, like, swept up and, like, discarded off. Like, okay, we're not even mm-hmm. going to try to resuscitate resuscitate these two. Just bye. Such is the world of professional wrestling. Yeah. We don't have a, a caring manager who only wants us for our money. <laughs> yeah. Because SpongeBob and Patrick... And we did not talk about this, but SpongeBob and Patrick are, like, actually, like, torn apart and liquefied at some point. At one point, they are. Uh huh. They never get any medical attention. And then spit into a drain. Mm-hmm. And like Mr. Krabs, pulls them back together several times. Mm-hmm. It can be done. It's just that nobody wanted to do that for Jim and Jim and John. They brought shame onto their houses, and now they must die. (laughs) (laughs) So Perch Perkins reemerges, I assume, from his bunker to keep him safe from all of the mayhem. From the closet they store Perch Perkins in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just keep him in a closet when they're not using him. So he comes back out, and I guess he, like releases some sort of lever so all of the money falls on top of them and they're just drowning in money which i guess they're all one dollar bills because otherwise it would not be nearly that much absolutely not yeah so they're all swimming in this money and then they're like perch perkins says this can all be yours or you can see what's behind door number two and usually it's a surprise you know how you do door number two and usually you gotta take a chance Mm mm-hmm and just go on faith that whatever's behind door number two will be worth it. But no, he just opens the door and um, it's just like a picture of wrestling camp. Like it just says wrestle camp. I mean, it was like an actual, they were actually able to like walk onto the set thing of this wrestling oh, yeah. camp and run around in circles. So I guess it. it's like a mobile wrestling camp, like a float <laughs> at a parade. I think it was like a set of some sort. Like a set. Like because a TV they also movie had like set? little actors on there running around in the <laughs> the wrestle cap and the wrestle hats. So wrestle camp is contained to a ten by ten square footage room, I guess. At least this example of wrestle camp scaled down. I would, I would hope so. I would hope so. If you won this competition, would you go with wrestle camp or the one million dollars? Wrestle camp, obviously. No, <laughs> one million dollars can buy you many wrestle camps. <laughs> so, this is true. 
Yeah, so obviously SpongeBob and Patrick pick WrestleCamp over the $1 million. And then I guess like through a sort of vacuum tube, the money is sucked back up into well, the void. The um, the janitor had like a leaf blower that like is that was what it on was? reverse. Yeah, because he said something to Mr. Krabs. I didn't catch what it was, but he did say something to Mr. Krabs. Because the whole time I was just thinking like, well, that just serves him right because he was ready to just kill spongebob and patrick over this this cash so he doesn't deserve anything yeah i mean if this were real they would have died many times over Mm -hmm. so this just sort of felt like they were trying to relive the glory days (laughs) this whole episode i mean they were trying to relive um the good old days of the time before yeah it felt like they were like because it was the same concept it was mr krabs enlisting spongebob and patrick is also there to win a competition in the original his goal was the free publicity um and in this one it's still it's also a a monetary thing free publicity leads to more money this is just straight up you get the money instead of point a to point b to point c it's just straight to point c Mm -hmm. i hate mr krabs yeah, yeah, and I think I hate him too. I, I think this episode just solidified that I hate Mr. Krabs. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you're rooting for Mr. Krabs, but only when the, he's up against someone who is just demonstrably evil, like Plankton. Mm-hmm. And even sometimes I feel bad for Plankton and I start leaning more towards Plankton. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he just wants to have a successful business, right? Like, there's a few times where I, like... Well, no, I just I don't like Mr. Krabs. No, Mr. I was Krabs thinking is about a when capitalist uh, pig. I was thinking about when Mr. Krabs tried to take Mrs. Puff on a date. Terrible, not good. Like he just verbally abused SpongeBob for the entire uh-huh. episode. Yeah, I just don't like Mr. Krabs. So maybe in the movie they should have just let him die. <laughs> is yeah. what you Yeah. 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 Maybe maybe it's time for a new boss. Has he ever done anything good? I'm sure he has. I'm just not thinking of it. But I mean, he raises Pearl. Pearl hates him. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Pearl Pearl doesn't like him that much. No. I mean, he got her that boy band for her birthday, but only because SpongeBob Sponge- SpongeBob got her that boyfriend. Yeah, that's true. Mr. Krabs couldn't be bothered to go get her a gift. Bad dad, bad boss, bad crab. But for like her 16th birthday, he was going to feed her like cardboard cake with discount icing and a sign that said, happy birthday, it's a boy, X out (laughs) boy, and it's a girl because he couldn't spend the money on a non-clearance sign. Yeah. And like, this man is a millionaire and I've just... He's just never not sucked, I guess, yeah. is the point. Because even in the last episode, he was the bad guy, even though he was better than Plankton. They were, in the end, on equal footing as bad people, mm-hmm. poisoning SpongeBob and Patrick against each other. Mm-hmm. He has zero redeeming qualities. I'm just, I mean, I'm like looking for the episode where he's like... He's perhaps more villainous than Plankton, because... He has more of an impact on SpongeBob's life. I guess there is that one episode where he 
let Squidward turn the Krusty Krab into this fancy restaurant. Would that be for his own greed as well, though? I mean, his interests happen to align with Squidward's. Yeah, because, I mean, Squilliam is bringing in a bunch of fancy dinner guests who can pay a lot. It wasn't an act of benevolence. It was in his own self-interest again. I mean, we'd have to watch that episode because I feel like it was Squidward that asked them to do that. But Mr. Krause probably got something out of it. I doubt he would have done it for just for funsies, just because out of the goodness of his heart. Because I don't think there is goodness in that heart. He was interested in that high-end restaurant money. I'm sure. So, in conclusion, we hate Mr. Krabs. We do. We do. And I'm going to rate this episode 2 out of 10 butts. Hmm. Wasn't into it. I only gave it the two points because the sleeper hold thing was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to sit about about the same. Mm-hmm. Two out of ten butts, like, just because I'm so, I mean, the sleeper hold was good. Uh-huh. But I just hate Mr. Krabs so much, and his <laughs> just, his unwillingness to care for the people around him. Yeah. He's just, he's just willing to sacrifice whoever to get, to get that cash, and I'm just, I'm not for it. I mean, he is a villain, so it's not like the show is framing him as a good guy. He just didn't get punished as much as he could have. Like, if he had gotten, if he had gone through half of the crap that SpongeBob and Patrick went through, then I would have been like, okay, he got what was coming to him. But they really just act like him not getting a million dollars is enough punishment. He never does seem to get the punishment, like, as much punishment as he's supposed to. The one time I can think of is when he kidnapped all of the jellyfish to make the jellyfish patties, and he got what happened to him do you remember he got basically murdered by the jellyfish right yeah i mean he pretty much got electrocuted by the jellyfish that's a great episode because mr krabs gets hurt yeah i just can't stand mr krabs yeah point of this take away from this episode (laughs) i can't stand mr krabs good moral the moral of the story is we hate mr krabs (laughs) mr krabs is a filthy capitalist Yeah, we hate capitalism, and Mr. Krabs represents capitalism. So, there you go. Yeah. Good talk. Any closing remarks? I wish SpongeBob were more gay. Me too. Openly gay SpongeBob. When's it going to happen? Looking at you, Nickelodeon. Keep up with Steven Universe, maybe. I I need to catch up on Steven Universe. It's pretty good. I keep seeing things like... Like, the episode titles of new things, and I'm like, hmm, I should catch up on that. <laughs> it's worth watching, just for the gay shit. Anything with gay content is worth watching. Yeah. yeah. This episode just could have been saved if they had only, like, really gone all out with the spectacles, you know, the showmanship. Like, bring out John Cena. <laughs> you know? bring out fish john cena they should have had john cena guest star and just be his john cena self it's not like they don't have that cash i know i know <laughs> i know nickelodeon's got the money maybe nickelodeon didn't punish mr Krabs because they see themselves in him capitalist pigs <laughs> nickelodeon sees themselves 
That's why they keep writing Mr. Krabs. Yep. Next thing you know, they're going to give him a whole arc where he becomes the main character. (laughs) This Mr. Krabs guy's got some good ideas. We should stop paying our workers. The whole, the show will be changed the name, will change the name from Spongebob Squarepants to uh, Eugene Krabs. Pants. Eugene Crab Pants and Co. Yes, and Co. <laughs> My favorite show is SpongeBob SquarePants and Co. <laughs> well, they have to remind us that they didn't just completely do away with SpongeBob. They just replaced him with his capitalist boss. SpongeBob is a good worker because he's basically a slave. He basically listens to whatever his boss tells him to because he basically idolizes his boss. He just got murdered multiple times so his boss could have more money. If that doesn't represent capitalism, I don't know what does. If it doesn't represent this current stage of capitalism. Maybe this episode is actually good because it's a good Marxist critique of modern society. (laughs) Never mind, this episode gets 10 out of 10 butts. (laughs) Only if you can draw the critiques. I can. I'll write a fucking essay. I know you can. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I feel like that essay's already been written, though. Oh, I'm sure. It would be redundant. All right, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. (laughs) I hope you hate Mr. Krabs as much as we do. Rise up against the bourgeois. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Feel free to subscribe and on iTunes or whatever you listen to so that you can hear us talk more about hating mr krabs what competition do you think you'd do well in in the fry cook games Ooh, whatever that thing they were doing in the montage where they had the fruit on their head they were doing like a dance like a salsa dance i want to do that i think i would do the the ice cream cone dive thing oh yeah because you like to swim that makes sense but your lactose intolerance would kill you. I could do Froyo. <laughs> it wasn't a Froyo competition. It was an ice cream competition. You'll be I disqualified. Never, I never said I had to eat it. They okay. said I had to become it. Found the loophole. Whatever fuels your vor fantasies. I'm sorry. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> On that note, on that note, I bid you adieu. Sailing away from this. <laughs> you want me to cut that out? I can do it. Oh, you're good. <laughs> okay. <laughs>